What it is, what's up, got your podcast in the cut, the Telesis Isisado podcast, and we'll be talking about Auburn again today. Uh, Auburn basketball, one of the um, preeminent forces in the state of Alabama, and even the entire South at this point when it comes to athletics. Uh, pretty much at this point, only coupled to uh, Lisco, Brandon, Chance, and uh, <laughs> let me stop. <laughs> Let me stop. Uh, this is not going to be a political podcast. Um, but anyway, I've had a lot of fun with uh, kind of a lot of people realizing that Auburn is more than just a niche, uh, happy to be here program, or has been more than that in the recent stretch of success. It hasn't just been undersized guys making shots from five and ten feet uh, behind a three-point line or a couple of stars being surrounded by massive amounts of plucky talent. It's actual X and O's, and we have the, the Jimmys and Joes, not just in terms of hustle, but actual talent. I think someone like Jared Harper actually had talent. Someone like Bryce Brown actually has talent. These are guys that are festering in the top of the, uh, the G League circuit now. Samir Dowdy, um, Luke Dunbar also exists in that that same area. Like these guys are some of the better producers on the college level in recent memory. Uh, well, maybe overboard in that sense, but they really accomplished a lot in college level, and it it was a ton of of um, development that occurred when he got here. But it's also just a magical eye. Bruce Pearl has a magic eye for talent. It's not necessarily the best five-star, the best four-star. It's just a guy that has certain skill sets. And that's why you see something like him basically refusing to extend a committable offer to Zion Cruz, you know, one of the 15 best shooting guards in the, in the nation, and essentially giving out to, depending on what you look at, a high four-star, not a consistent five-star from what I can gather, Chance Westry, or looking to get to other um five stars that were like lesser talented or even some four stars are lesser talented. Um, there's just certain traits that matter to that guy that, you know, may not matter to every coach. It's, you know, I, I like to, I'm, I'm trying, I like to uh, explain to guys who don't really watch much college basketball outside the, the uh, SEC and don't watch much NBA basketball. There's multiple ways to win. Even with the homogeneity, I'm sorry, I've talked too fast. My bad. Even with the homogeneity of the NBA game these days, and uh, some of that trickling down to the college level and definitely the high school level. There's more than one way to win or at least build a winning roster. Not necessarily you might get there. You might have built the best roster you could have built and you still get your ass kicked. That's what happened with Miami versus the Lakers. They just didn't have this extra star at that point to win that. But they built an amazing roster in 2000 and what, 2020-21 uh, heat. And I think that's what... Which pro's doing? I mean, he's building the best version of what he likes. And you look at it, and let's just speak to the – I can't speak to what he did at Tennessee, but just speaking to the past five, six years or so, um, plucky point guard of the range, uh, can really put pressure at the rim, can really beat you off the dribble, doing that to, 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 to do that, to put pressure on the rim, uh, doesn't settle for, like, in-between shots too often, kind of as people like to compare – in a reverse way, to Alabama's system, where they pretty much get uh, threes of layups. That's been something that Bruce Pearl has done before 
Oates did at Alabama. His guards do not settle for mid-ranges. They have pretty uh, exquisite layup packages for the most part. Sharif, Jared, uh, McCormick, um, and even, you know, some guys kind of before that, uh, some of the precursors. But Wendell, good layup package. Um, there's not really another, I think, traditional point guard on this roster currently. Uh, pretty much the only year he's got to have the benefit of two, I think, close to point guard type guys were Javon and Jared uh, in this stretch. Even Davion, I don't feel like Davion necessarily was a uh, a facilitator his uh, first year here. He was kind of biased, designed more off ball in a sense. Uh, oh, he did run kind of some points and his numbers, I think he had about three assists a game, if I remember correctly. Something to that effect. But uh just wasn't really a, a point, I felt like. But um I can't think of another year where you had two points outside of really two thousand I guess now two thousand what, nineteen, three years ago. Oh shit. Um <laughs> and then uh two guards. He usually has an abundance of wings that kinda are hyper flexible between the twos and threes. And we see this, we see this with Westry. You can see Westry in the Samir Dowdy, in the ass up in that wire. Um, I, I think Coro played pretty much three here, but in the Coro, in the Allen Flanagan, um, this is a lot of guys even accrue that are similar to Allen Flanagan that we kind of didn't land on. Uh, but it's the archetype he likes a very hyper flexible two three that can kind of sometimes could sometimes play some one uh in Flanagan's case and Severe Dowdy's case, but uh really just someone who can really you know flip between that two and three and uh gives you pretty good ball handling for a, a forward in uh the college level. He's had that pretty much across the board. Uh Okoro was I expect to have the little ball handling he had. He was pretty good. And uh you kind of run, had to run more sets for him, but he was an athlete, a freak athlete, so that kind of helped in that cause. And then, uh, to, you know, go down to the line, um, you're in five. Um, Walker Kessler, I think, is what he's always wanted. He's had the big bruiser type, the Wileys, the uh, Dylan Cardwells, et cetera, et cetera. He's had the, uh, the shooters, uh, the Purifoys, the uh, Macklemore's. And then he's had the guys that kind of defensive rim protectors, Macklemore or Spencer to some degree. That wasn't his optimal role. And then Wiley. Kessler is what this guy's wanted for. I mean, he even recruited um, that, I think, Hawaiian or Polynesian cat that went to Kentucky, I think. No, he went to, uh, he went to Cincinnati. Uh, his last name is like four letters, but big dude that pretty much had that type of skill set, the Kessler skill set. Uh, he was committed for a while, and then he kind of left. But um, he he's wanted that type of guy for a while. Uh, and I think a lot of times Pro just kind of pursues the best five in some instances, but. Kessler is definitely somebody who wanted as a skill set type of guy. And um, he got it. You know, I can shoot to the forest to the Jabari's uh, having, you know, similar modes as some of the Macklemore's and um, guys like that, just in terms of frame, in terms of like flexibility, in terms of like lankiness as well. Um, but, you know, it's no Jabari. It's a real Jabari comparison, right? <laughs> Jabari's kind of Jabari. Like, you know, you got your 80s, you got your KDs, you know. I, I guess KD's probably the best physical comparison. Um, I feel like for guys that are better comparisons than and KD, but, you know, we'll just go on from there. Anyway, that's kind of just I wanted uh, something I wanted to get off my chest. Uh, I couldn't really do that for a standalone episode, but I wanted to put that in a segment of some format, and I did it here. From here, I'm going to transition to speak to the schedule and see how the fruits of the success of this roster development 
and really said that that um that ends up winding out uh, as we uh, look at schedule. Just to kind of give a um, really a foundation of why I want to do this, uh, someone uh, basically referenced to me uh, a prediction, not really a prediction I really like staunchly made, but just one that kind of came off the top of their head, just a number of gave us. I think I threw out around five losses. Um, that was the number I set uh, going. I don't know really how far I intended on that going. I don't know if I intended to be. I think I really thought they should just do a regular season number. But um, this number I'll try to throw out here. I'll look at the schedule. Probably be just regular season in nature only. Uh, I mean, you could obviously include, you know, March Madness or a uh, tournament number if you wanted to. But it's just so hard to parse uh, who we will play. I mean, it's, you probably can look at things and probably see that some combination of LSU, Auburn, Alabama, and um, Kentucky are probably your, your four best teams currently. But, you know, when really get into the meat of things, like Tennessee without, I think, multiple rotation players almost beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Uh, LSU didn't look in the same world as Auburn on the road. You know, I mean, obviously, Auburn Arena is a different animal, but, you know, you just look at these project, it could easily be a situation where someone like, uh, Tennessee plays up a little bit. Arkansas maybe bounces back from their very extended drought. Um, they pretty much fell off the face of the planet as of late. Or, you know, maybe someone like a Florida starts getting their stuff back together, you know, after a couple of tough losses on the way. But no further ado, I'm looking at South Carolina. Um, that's the first game since, or the first game of the year pretty much. Uh, January 4th, uh, Tuesday, which will be tomorrow at 5.30, so earlier game. Uh, at South Carolina, I, I think I like that to be win. Uh, I know that we lost one game there when Macklemore broke his leg. I think we lost one game, I want to say 2019 or so. Um, but I like that to be a, I like that to be a W. Uh, not really much to talk about in terms of analysis there. It's just, you know, I, I just don't, it's just tough. I mean, like, that's a game you lose a couple times, like maybe every two, three years or so. But, like, you know, you lose that back-to-back, in my opinion. Um, Florida, I'm pulling up now the conference to kind of get a feel for how they've parsed because they started out like I think they only had like one tough loss to Oklahoma, who looked like a better team at that point when they lost to them. But, um, they are nine and three, six and one at home, uh, oh and one away, and uh, they're on a two game winning streak. They, um, their losses have come to Maryland by two. Who I believe lost to Iowa earlier today. A really good uh, player in Iowa. They got their ass kicked by Texas Southern in Florida. I remember that that was a loss. I remember that got by, beat up by a Texas Southern, and uh, they lost that right after losing the Oklahoma game. So they lost three games in a four four game stretch, basically, in about eleven days apart from uh, all of these. Like they beat a. Well, it was a pretty good Oklahoma team uh, at the time. I'm not sure how they've panned out since, but that was a good Ohio State team. Uh, I think that's what I said. That's Oklahoma. I meant Ohio State. Uh, they had a good Ohio State win there. They've been a, just like, an up-and-down team. Uh, not really much in the way of consistency. Uh, they beat a South Florida team. I believe we played. Uh, no, we played. Yeah, we did. We beat them by six, and they beat them by 11. So that's a mutual opponent, I suppose. Um, they look a, pretty much a... I think a, a Florida team, uh, as of late Florida team, not elite, 
but they could probably, you know, sketch together a pretty, I think, pretty good um, stretch of wins, you know, entering, like, as a 9 seed, 10 seed into the uh, NCAA tournament. Um, that's pretty much Florida's type of ceiling. Uh, they, they, I think he lost Trey, man. Let me see. I want to actually see that real quick. That's well, lost. I'm pretty sure he lost straight man. Keontae Johnson still probably would like never come back, unfortunately. Really good dude. I uh, still hate what happened to him. Um, yeah, as I remember, uh, that Castleton kid, uh, he had a lot of the, a lot of the offensive uh, duty. I'm trying to find really anything impressive about him. Castleton leads in both points and rebounds. Uh, plays the second most minutes. Second most minutes. So as soon as they run a lot from Castleton, who is about I think what six eleven? Uh, yeah, six eleven two thirty one. So about Kessler size, give or take, uh, will probably match them against him for the vast majority of it. To me, it's just another game where if Kessler has a pretty good defensive game, they probably win that handily. Um couple of snipers but you know 42.9% percent, 44% uh 37.8% so you got a couple guys that are pretty good shooters a uh, couple I think it's just a game where if you have good uh good good big play defensively you should probably win this handily and they have one forward quote unquote uh and Castle just seems to be basically center from what I'm looking at but uh he plays uh 27.1 minutes and um, their next forward, quote unquote, plays 24.1. After that's 14.3. So, you know, they, I, don't think they're, I don't think they're as deep as us as bigs go. Um, and they also looking at rebounding, kind of a rebound by uh, committee type of team. Castle uh, has 9.3, but Drew G, number two, has 4.2 rebounds. So, Kind of rebound by committee. Hopefully, one of them we shouldn't get beat up too bad on the boards. Uh, I think that particular has to win. Now, this is a tough one at Alabama and then at Ole Miss. That seems immediate to be one where you at least you're dropping one of the two. Like historically speaking, if you've had an Alabama game and a tough uh, other team around that, it's a tough stretch period. Like Florida, even after everything I said, I mean that's still a tough opponent just because you know Mike White is always going to give you a tough time. Um, but at Alabama, at Ole Miss, back to back, that's, that's a tough stretch. That's a tough stretch. We, I don't think we've beaten Ole Miss in Ole Miss, uh, their arena, in quite a while, if I remember correctly. Uh, I know they came close. They gave away a pretty big lead, if I remember correctly, uh, with the. I might think, hold up, the 2020 Ole Miss, let's see, 2020 Auburn basketball versus Ole Miss. That was a crazy game, if I remember correctly. I want to say Ole Miss won that. No, they stole. That's what it was. They stole it late in that game. That's what it was. Um, it was like a tough back to forth game. I think like someone blew a, a last second layup or something like that. But it was a uh, it was a game where we got our ass kicked for a while. We came back and won that one. If I remember correctly, if my brain is remembering that correctly, that was a very tough game for uh, for us in Oxford. But I don't think we won Oxford since then, if I remember correctly. We had, I think we had a pretty big lead, the Sharif Cooper game, and then blew it. Blew it badly. And I think that was uh, part of a string of blown leads. So, 
all I have to say that even when Mississippi's been a worse team, they've still had a pretty good time uh, in messing up Auburn's rhythm. And as for every moment, it's just that uh, Kermit Davis zone, he employs that. I mean, it's messed up some pretty good teams from what I saw. I mean, like, not to even speak to Auburn per se. I've seen other teams. They just messed up other teams for doing that in their uh, in their arena. Uh, the game they lost against, I believe, was it Marquette? Uh, I watched that. I mean, they employed the, the uh, is, is it a 1-3-1? I think it's a 1-3-1, something to that effect. They threw that, and then they, they also do and they do a full court press as well on top of it. So it's like always somebody open under the rim, generally speaking. And they seem to be very undersized this year based on that game I watched. Um, there's always somebody open, but like the thing is, you can't see it. Like, <laughs> like you're so sped up that you can't even see it most of the time. Uh, I think it's a game where I can see Window Green having a pretty big impact on it. I'm speaking more to the old Miss game, the Alabama game, because that seems to be obviously win number one. Um, but uh, I just tested some nice nonsense. I think I think they beat Ole Miss this time. I mean, it's really about who do you have that can blow up his own. You look at some of the performances that we've had against some uh, gimmicky defenses this this year. Uh, we've had some, especially early on, we had some really bad performances against the press. Uh, especially with the guards, how they performed. But as time has progressed, I feel like they've done a better job of just getting Jabari to his spots as a uh, receiver of the ball in the middle of zones uh, and receiving the ball in presses in the middle. You want your like your, your most pretty much like your most athletic guy being that like receiver in the middle. Like it doesn't necessarily be your biggest guy. Like, I don't think you want Kessler, who's I think closer to an oaf. Um, I don't think you want him in the middle, but Jabari is just perfect for, like, blowing up in zones, basically. Blowing up in zones, blowing up in presses. He can handle. Uh, he can jump pretty well. He's got good hands. Uh, he does. He kind of has a pretty good handle, I felt like, in terms of contested. Like, it's not great. It's not a great... I would say the one thing that sets him apart from Boncaro is he doesn't have a great handle while, like, actually being tightly defended. But he has moments. Um, he's, he's really good for blowing up in presses. And with the height disadvantage that Ole Miss is suffering... I would think that he's something that we've had against their press that we haven't had previous times. Uh, and also, I mean, just outlet. Walker is always, always be, I think, the bigger guy whenever they match against Ole Miss for the most part. Um, and they also don't have to see, like, a couple of other times, like, they've had about the same frame. It's not, like, a little bit taller than our guards. They didn't have any supersized guards themselves, but they've had about the same frame. So, yeah, they got pressing you up in the press Trying to make good passes is sometimes tough. But this time, I mean, Deshaun Ruffin is like 5'9". He's like pretty much an entire offense. That guy is don't even short. Like, no matter what you think Kessler, I mean, not Kessler, but um, Wendell Green is, that guy's even shorter than Wendell. So, like, at least the vision aspect won't be very tough. And then you have, like, Flanagan running point, uh, William Jabari dribbling down the court. Uh, it won't be tough for them to see over, you know, their guy. Uh, so I, I think I think this is gonna be a, a W against Ole Miss. Uh, I'll come back to Alabama game. That's gonna be one we circle come back to. Uh, Georgia definitely W. It's gonna be in Auburn Arena. Still W. Uh, at Missouri, Missouri is actually pretty pretty good if I'm remember this year. Let me see. I may be wrong about that. Let me talk to my ass. Let's see. SEC. Back one. SEC. Missouri. Um. The worst team in the SEC. 
Uh, 6-7, 0-1. Not the worst team per se, but they have the lowest, if you look at them on Google, um, Georgia has one less win, so they are the worst. But uh, I'm going to go Missouri win. I don't give a damn. It's in Missouri. I don't care. It's going to be a win. Um, where's Oklahoma? I'm going to chalk this up as a win. I have not seen Oklahoma play. Uh, they lost Austin Reeves. I think he lost their second best player in that roster. I actually think they lost Austin Reeves. I'm not sure. I'm sure. Oklahoma basketball should be looking like this year. Uh, lost a, almost lost a shorthand at Kansas State team. Uh, college basketball. Let's see what they look like. This is a murderous stretch, by the way. Um, I just in terms of how it disappears. Uh, versus Kentucky at Missouri versus Oklahoma versus Alabama at Georgia at Arkansas versus AM. Uh, that's not that's not easy. <laughs> it's a lot a lot of a lot of driving there. A lot of driving and flying in that that setup there. Um, let's look at their schedule if we can. Full schedule. Look at Oklahoma right now, by the way. Oh, this is a pain in the ass. Oh God, no. <laughs> I just want to look at the schedule. Oh my goodness, dude. Alright, I, I did it the wrong way. That's on me. I'm not gonna blame Google. Goodness gracious. Alright, um so five point winning to East Carolina, three point loss to Utah State, three point win over UCF, pretty decent UCF team we played. Uh obviously the win over Florida as we mentioned earlier. A twenty two point win over Arkansas, four point loss against Butler. Uh and then like I said, a two point win over a apparently short-handed Kansas State team, Kansas State team. So I don't know how to what to make of this team. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'd say I'd like to say Arkansas may be good. They are ten and three with a loss in the SEC play already. Uh, they're undefeated at home. So they're eight zero at home and they're ten and three overall. So they pretty much went two and three away from home. Um, and then they played Arkansas in what's well, not home. It's it's. It says Oklahoma right side, so I assume it's in Oklahoma, but I really can't. I don't know. Um, J.D. Note, oh, I'm looking at Arkansas on that one. Tanner Groves, I remember him from last last time. Uh, Elijah Harkins, I want to say I remember him too. So they have some familiar names from the last time I watched them. It's not all just like new faces. Uh, I would be I would be surprised if they gave us a tough time. I don't know where it's going to be at. Let me see. Because the other one, when we played Baylor, that was in Waco. I don't know where this is going to be at. It's going to be Auburn Arena. Ah. That's going to be an ass-kicking. That's what that's going to be. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, I don't think we just beat the, the mess out of them, but I would not be shocked if we won that game handily. Uh, I just don't I don't see us losing the home all 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 the season. I don't. That's a spoiler for the rest of the video, I suppose, but, uh, or the rest of the pod. I don't see us losing the for the rest of the, rest of the uh, the go-around. Oklahoma, they, they did have a pretty good team last year. They had some good creators off in the wing, and they had some guys that looked good to me when I was watching the Alabama game that appear to still be here, so something to keep in mind. Um, and trying to give a little bit more ass analysis. Just look at their, their height here. See if we can find some height. I think height is going to be remember not more than height. It's gonna be weight that I think blows up in uh, blows up the Auburn's team. Uh if you watch some of the times we were like not as athletic or not as big as the other team, we looked tough. Uh or to look at some tough moments. I, I like to think to the uh, St. Louis game 
and then the UConn game. Those are tough, tough moments. We didn't look more athletic than UConn, and we definitely were not as big as UConn. We did not look as athletic as St. Louis, and we didn't look as big as UConn. I don't know why I talk so fast, but I really don't. Um, so, yeah, just looking at their team, uh, not a lot of the small guys. I mean, the smallest guy on their roster is 6 1. Oof. And then projecting that with, uh, let's look at looks look at minutes. Yeah, minutes played out. Yeah, so that, that sits one guy is a starter. Um, let's see the other guys. Goldwire, that does guard. Uh, Hill, Ford, Harkless, guard. Groves, Ford. Uh, Goldwire, Hill, Harkless. Goldwire sits three. Harkless sits three. Groves sits ten. And then... Uh, I don't care what happens, I said. So it appears that they pretty much run a smaller uh, three than average team. I say pretty much give one guy like almost starter minutes, but based on the, the way these minutes are allocated, it appears that the top five guys are the top five starters. So going off of that, I don't I don't know. It just seems like they pretty much run. They have a sits three, three quote unquote, and a sits sits four if I'm interpreting this correctly, which means we'll have a 6-6 Alan Flanagan against a 6-3-3, more than likely. Uh, they could, I guess, adjust it for, for matchup purposes, I suppose. Um, and then we'll have a 6-6-4 against a 6-10-4. Huh. We'll have a 6-10-5 against a 7-1-5. Um, I think it projects very well, if you ask me. You know, I'm just gonna, just gonna throw my assumption. Um, yeah, so we'll just call Oklahoma win. You know, I mean, it's a chance that maybe they're just finesse like guys and they get shots up and all that, but Auburn plays finesse just about more than anybody, so... I'm okay with projecting that that'll go swimmingly well. Um, matching styles. So we didn't play Alabama again, like I said. At Georgia, win, obviously. Uh, at Texas A&M, no, no, versus Texas A&M, that's a win. Even though they did give us a, an L, um, what was that now, four years ago? That was the Final Four season. No, that was, no, that was the uh, season before the Final Four season. They beat us. Like on by one point in Auburn, and they snapped like one of our longest home winning streaks. I want to say that was the uh, season before the Final Four season, but they are 11 2. Uh, let's look at them if we can. I, I want you to say this is a win just based off it being you know where it's at and AA, but I just want to take a look at how they, how they just kind of stack up. Eleven two fifth in SEC. Uh, they beat North Florida by a lot. They barely beat Abilene Christian. I they went two OT to beat them. Uh, lost handily to Wisconsin. Johnny Davis is one of the best players in college basketball. I'm not sure he played that game. Uh, based on the high points, I think my pretty he did because Johnny Davis is playing the game. He should be playing or high point every game. Uh, beat Butler by seven. SEC teams playing some of these same teams. North Florida, uh, Butler. Beat Notre Dame by 
Texas. Uh, and you lost to TCU closely. I mean, it's just pretty much projects to me to be a pretty decent team. Uh, Wisconsin is probably one of the 20 to 15 best teams. I would say about 15 best teams in the basketball right now. So losing them by 11, there's not really much shame in the game there, I suppose. Um, they play on neutral location and stuff. There's not really that much blame to be had. And only the other loss, they lost by four to CCU. So they don't really have much, many impressive wins on the schedule either. I mean, I don't know what you make of Notre Dame, but between that and losing to Abilene Christian, I mean, barely beating Abilene Christian, probably not much you can think about that team. I think it should be a W. I'm not going to go too much deeper into it, but they appear to be to be a pretty decent team that you can't like just sleep on. You have Eric Musselman too, so I mean, you obviously can't sleep on him. Uh, they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys, and with seven points or more. It's very impressive, I feel like. And they have, let's see, they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven guys shooting 33.3% or better. Um, now, some of those guys, obviously, like, not necessarily starters, per se, but guys that have all these guys from at least get like 9.3 minutes based on the way that the uh, averages seem to shake out on ESPN. So this is a team that could probably go, you know, I mean, they have quite a few offensive performances that are impressive for me to look at. So I think it'd be a blowout. It'd just be a, a team that could, you know, maybe shoot their way out into a close game if it's over. Uh, but I'll project that as a win. Uh, Vanderbilt win at Florida. Let's circle back to that one. Uh, versus Ole Miss, that's the W at Mississippi State, it, uh, W in the South Carolina W. Oh, yeah, I did uh, not mention was February 26th at Tennessee. Uh, that's a circle game. So now we will get to, after all this, I'm going to take a break and then come back and look at the circle games. Circle games now being at this point at Alabama, um, Kentucky uh, versus Alabama, and then. What, just at Tennessee? No, at Tennessee and at Florida. Okay, so those are five separate games at this point. And I'll predict which where those will go. The rest will be W's, in my opinion. All right, let's make this a little bit quicker. Um, I always say that, and it's not quick. Here, I'll give you a skinny of it, and then I'll, I'll just kind of explain it more. So I said... First Alabama, at Alabama, versus Kentucky, at Tennessee, at Florida. I'm going to go win against Florida. I know people don't want to hear this. Lost at Tennessee, win both against Alabama, and then win against Kentucky. Here's my modus operandi. Here's how I'm looking at this. I think that you're going to have, at that point, this plays out the way it's supposed to play out. That would be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Thirteen extra wins to our streak, our current streak, our current winning, our current pole position, all that stuff until you get to the app for the game. The swamp has been the biggest spoiler for Auburn basketball. Wait, hold up. I said F. Wait. So I said we went, okay, so I said at Florida and Tennessee with the losses, right? Okay. Um, my, my main my main thought process is just is we never went at Florida. And I just, to me, to me, 
three and two is the realistic situation. So I'm trying to figure out where the two come from. I think that one in Tennessee just speaks to me to be once you have to lose. Like you have to lose to Tennessee eventually. They have a good team. They have a lot of quality guards. I'm thinking they just do enough against Jabari and I, I guess the guards make up the difference. I mean, Kennedy Chandler, Josiah Jordan James, Scovey, Justin Powell. I mean, they have like a really good guard stable. I'm, I'm thinking that's just what kind of leads them to a win finally against us in, in Knoxville. Um, at Florida, the, the Florida ones where I'm having like harder convention on because I don't think Florida is comparable to Auburn as a team. But I do think that the Swamp has just done things to Auburn that is basically inconceivable. That's pretty much my only reason for really going for that. The Alabama game, I think that it's a pendulum. I think there's multiple seasons where Auburn just beats up in Alabama. And then a season where Alabama just gets Auburn. I mean, it's not necessarily a Nate Oates thing. Nate Oates, Nate Oates thing. Um, I think the season where... Uh, Auburn first finish tied for the ACC championship. Um, Alabama beat the dog breaks out of uh, the dog breaks out of uh, Auburn shorthand Auburn team, of course, with a uh, Macklemore. But they beat the mess out of them. I think they also beat them one time in the regular season. So I mean, it's just something that happens. Um, I'm going to think. I'm going to think that the defensive issues that Alabama's had against the most pretty much anybody that's good is going to create a scenario into which Auburn can continue to get the points they want to get however they want them. Auburn shoots very badly in that arena. Not great at all in that arena. So hopefully they figure out that they don't need a three-pointer, but there's like no Kessler match from the entire roster. Now, they didn't have a Timmy master be there, and they still made it work. It just made Timmy work a lot on offense and did enough on defense. But I don't know. They didn't have a Shet matchup against Gonzaga, and they still made it work. But they didn't have matchups against Memphis's big dudes like Doran, and that didn't work at all. So, <laughs> so it's just a pendulum, I suppose. Um, they're all they're all offense. They they have to score a certain amount of points against a good team for that to work. They just are not going to play. Really good defense. I mean, they, I think even against Gonzaga, they gave up 85-plus points, if I remember correctly. They gave up, like, 90-plus against uh, Memphis. So, like, there's definitely a way to punish their defense now. It's just by the offensive side. You keep up um, with their offense. You know, J.D. Davison, I think you would put Flanagan on them, uh, but... You put... I, I, I think you would put... Uh, Zep on now. This is this is this place situation where I would say I understand why you start Katie Day, uh, Katie, because you're going to be in a really bad spot as far as like whoever you put Wendell on. Like, I would imagine with the ball handling all their guards has, uh, with how much they just basically space things out, there's gonna be a lot of moments where like someone like Wendell is basically exposed uh, on defense often. He's not like a horrible defender. Uh, especially for his frame, but like him against like Javon Quinnelly or Jay Davis is like booed every time, pretty much, uh, without the absolute like, help coming or something like that. But when you have the Katie Zepp Flanagan uh, backcourt, you can do some things with that. I mean, you really can stick a plus defender on each position, 
KD has been pretty bad, I think, uh, as of late on, on, on defense. Um, but he's still, I think, a pretty dogged guy that for people who do a lot of dribbling, I think that's his best matchup. Like, guys do a lot of, like, side-to-side dribbling doesn't really go, you know, that's not really as decisive as some of the guys he's played as of late, like the guy from uh, St. Louis Collins. Uh, decisive guys will get past him pretty easily. But someone who, like, Quinterly does a lot of dribbling, maybe that's a typical matchup. I wouldn't have him on him. I would probably have him on somebody else, but I don't know. It pretty much depends on if they run um, Dave's on the bench, too, because Dave's pretty much been, like, their best player, uh, at least guard player, as of late. Um, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go uh, W Auburn, you know. I'm gonna go W Auburn and the both. You know, I feel like the one Alec Coleman really gives me the problem. The one in Alec and um, the one that isn't Auburn. I mean, they almost beat Alabama with Sharif Cooper and literally like nobody else. Uh, for the most, <laughs> that's, that's me. But uh, I mean, they they weren't playing with a loaded deck of cards, bro. So I mean, it was Sharif Cooper's first game. They almost beat like the best Alabama team ever in Auburn. So. This time around, I think they should pretty much get him in Auburn pretty easily. And obviously, he got to win uh, against Alabama uh, in Coleman. So, I got Florida still being lost. I got Tennessee being lost currently. Let's talk to Kentucky to get out of here. Kentucky, I like the idea of uh, being able to match up. They got some dogs, dude. They got they got some dogs. I mean, this is a really interesting Kentucky roster to some around. Now, it's not one in which that like I think the world out of these guys. Like they still suffer some very obvious shooting problems. They looked bad multiple games. Looked bad against Southern U. Uh, looked bad against Notre Dame. I mean, they looked bad multiple games. You know, multiple stretches of games where they even like went convincingly. Um, Shooting is still a problem for them, like it always is with Calipari. Uh, they're not optimized offensively by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, just looking at some of their guys. It's been really, it's been cool. You know, uh, Tyson Washington, probably Larry Pick, I would imagine, pretty easily. Shibayway, pretty much probably the best defensive player in college, not college, in uh, Kentucky. Maybe the best defensive player in the SEC currently. Uh, what he does with just sitting back shots. Uh, rebounding. I mean, this dude's like getting like Shaq level rebounds right now. It's insane. 15 and 15. That's crazy on the college level. That is insane to think about. <laughs> that's that's nuts. 15 and 15, dude. I mean, even as a freshman, he was getting 9.3 rebounds in 23 minutes. Man, this dude is a hog on the rebounds. And for a team that struggled, I think, rebounding multiple times as Auburn has against certain people. It's not good because you're gonna have Kessler going up, you know, trying to contest a lot of shots, going for blocks, which he does, you know, pretty well. I think pretty much the best anybody does in the entirety of basketball. But Jabari has had some good rebounding games, and that's some not good rebounding games. Um, and this is a center. Like this isn't like he has center strength and power. He this is a forward, but this guy has to be power of a of a style Williamson. Uh, a Joel Embiid. I mean, he's 255. He pretty much weighs almost as much as Joel Embiid. This dude is a dog, physically speaking. Uh, you know, the points may not necessarily matter as much as just the rebounds. 
Because, I mean, he's too big for Dylan, Camp- uh, Dylan Cardwell. Cardwell, he struggled a lot against um, certain matchups into which where guys can kind of pretty much work him to post and, like, really beat him up. He's a really good kind of JaVale McGee type where you like him to be a rover, to be helping on chase down blocks. Uh, um, you know, he's athletic for a five, but he's not, like, big per se. Uh, and Walker is has been better in the post uh, as times progressed, but he is very susceptible to the post against a very similar strength guy, uh, Adama Adama Sonogo. Um, and obviously, you know, Sonogo's like a skilled post big. I don't necessarily think that Chibewe, that's the way he kind of gets off, but he's a guy that can just really just kill you with his strength. So it's probably going to be a game you have multiple like foul trouble situations. But um, you have a lot of bodies to throw at him. You have Jalen. Uh, someone who's always been a good matchup for certain matchups like this, like bigger guys, stretch. Stretch is working as more um, traditional size bigs, traditional playing type bigs. Uh, if you think back to, I think his name was Jeremiah Tillman uh, against Missouri, I want to say last year. That was one of the best defensive uh, performances of that season, uh, him against that guy. So we have a lot of bodies to throw at him, per se. But he's, he's a big, he's, he's a big guy. Is very very large. Uh, moving on from that, we look at some of the rest of these uh, statistics here. I want to just really take a second and look at how guys like Ty Ty and Sevier has uh, played out. Uh, Sevier's given eight assists a game. The person lead ball handler in terms of uh, point, the point uh, things. Tyler Washington, he's going to be probably a point on the next level, maybe a combo guard, but probably a point. Uh, scored, uh, scored. <laughs> score, score, uh, skill score, uh, a guy that does do enough on defense, uh, is a shooter. Someone I was watching this film, he was, you know, possibly projected to come to Auburn. Uh, back he, I think, decommitted from was it was it Nova? I think decommitted from Nova, something like that. But, um, it's a talented guy. Uh, Mitch has gotten better from what I understand. Uh, and you know, they kind of just they're, they're a deeper team, I think. You know, they you look at the point, they're not obviously not addictive of everything, but like they're giving you, you know, f- uh, it's just guys doing seven plus uh, points, uh, topping very athletic kid, obviously, coming from the OB family, uh, but just not shooting, just no shooting pretty much outside of at three points. You have uh, who is this great kid? I actually don't know this dude, but they have Scott Grady from Kentucky that's, I guess, pretty much playing starter level minutes. Uh, he's shooting at 50% from three. And again, playing at 29 minutes, starter level minutes. That's incredible. Uh, also, only shooting 67% from the free throw line, which is insane. But um, Ty Ty hitting them. Other guys past that, I mean, you have a pretty much an end of rotation piece guy. This Hopkins dude shooting 20.6%. And then Mitch shooting 27% from behind him, but. You don't have a lot of knockdown guys past that, so I think this is a game you clog the paint up. You just pretty much make the game ugly for your bayway. Uh, put your best defenders on their best guards and do your thing. I mean, I think this game you pretty much throw. I would say you probably put Katie on a on on a severe try to disrupt his point facilitating uh, abilities as best you can. Uh, probably put. Probably put Flanagan, I would say, on Ty Ty, give him some size. I think Ty's about what, 6'3? I want to say 6'3, 6'4? Something like that. 
can't we look at this page? Sis 3, yeah. So Sis 3, 187, like, undersized two-guard frame. I would say you put some size on the Flanagan, just kind of really, really make it tough to go to the cup. Maybe make himself with some really bad shots he would normally want to take. Uh, and then just try to really... Uh, Kentucky is really a centric around a couple guys' offense as of late. Like, you put their Auburn's best to fit on Ashton Hagens, and then you just put a lot of other bodies on Tyrese Massey, and that just kind of killed off their entire offensive flow when we played them a couple of years back. Um, they just, they kind of revolve around a couple of hubs. They still kind of think of or play like a team that has a lot of facilitating happening from a couple of guys at best. They don't really do a team-oriented facilitating thing, I think. Um, so I'm not really scared of the idea of multiple guys going off against us unless we really just sell out and do is make shots but the letting guys make shots strategy is Kentucky has worked very well in the past and I, I think it will today or when that game is current in January 22 so that's it for me I pretty much have us losing about probably two more games with a possibility of, I would say a ceiling of four uh, four more losses with a four a four or maybe one more loss, maybe a Tennessee game, but you have already won so many games. You pretty much probably clinched the one season by that point. Uh, maybe you give up the Tennessee game, which I don't think they would because it's Bridgeboro, but maybe that's a game you don't come as hard as you should for. But I'll say by probably a floor of one losses and a ceiling four. So either way, you're probably contesting for the the uh, number one overall seed in the uh, conference and then maybe a top two seed in the uh, NCAA tournament, which if you look at where Auburn's coming from last season, you definitely would take that. That's it for me. Uh, more than one minute podcast, but we just got a chance to look over some things uh, analytically, statistically, numerically, and I've had fun doing that. Uh, hopefully, I stop talking so fast uh, for the next pod. So I can really sit down and, you know, get my words out and this being to be uh, enunciated, but we'll just have to see. Hope you have a good one. Uh, enjoy Auburn basketball. It's going to be a fun time, I really believe so. I don't think they're at this soon yet. I, I really listen, man. I'm having a lot of fun watching this team. I think this a lot of progression can happen. I still don't think they even have a good feel for rotations yet. Like, I don't think the storyline we have currently will be when we employ going to March Madness. I don't think necessarily you have the best combination of the uh, backcourt players coming. That's just my opinion. But it's working currently, and as long as it's working, who am I to tell Bruce Brooks switched up? Peace.